We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Talking Buffalo, your weekday daily driver for Buffalo Sports Talk and more. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in, whether you're listening to this on the audio side, whether you're watching this on video, might be watching this actually live or recording this live on the video side um, later on Sunday night. I am joined, as usual now, for my weekly Monday episode with my buddy Tone Pucks. What's going on, dude? You, you know what? You you got here maybe 15 minutes before, and for people who are listening who don't, or, you know, don't watch the video parts, uh, we do this show together here in my little home studio. You know, you seem kind of subdued right now, man. Like you're in a really, this is one of the more chilled moods I've seen you in, in the, you know, nine, 10 weeks now that you've been coming here on Sundays to do it, man. Kind of uh, quiet, which is rare for you, man. What's going on? Yeah. You know, I, I really want to open up as to the reason to why, but I think I'm, I'm better served to just slip it in over the course of the, uh, <laughs> of the podcast. So we'll just attribute it to. You know, a Bills free day. You know, I'm very dialed into, um, you know, to to the ones, not so much the fours, because only one really had my attention. But um, you know, it was, it was a good fall wrap up day of sorts. You know, out in my shed, shit like that. Yeah. Um, it had its, you know, it's had its heightened. It it had its heightened kid moments, is what I was going for there. Yes, the day had its heightened kid moments, but for the most part, you know, it was just uh, it was a like I said, man, it was a it was a fall wrap down day uh, a little bit. So you know, I just uh, chilling. We're going to talk today um, some Buffalo Bills, obviously a big game that becomes a, a must win game at this point. Now Monday night against the Denver Broncos. We're going to spend some time examining right now as things stand currently as we tape this. If the Buffalo Bills are even one of the seven best teams in the AFC, because I don't think it's as cut and dry as a lot of fans might think. We'll talk some Sabres. There is some strong buzz growing, some pretty credible buzz growing, too, about Pat Kane possibly coming to the Sabres, maybe even making that decision as early as this coming week. Uh, we'll get to all that tonight. For people who are watching this live on YouTube or, or Facebook or Twitter, well, not on Twitter, but if on Facebook or the YouTube, if you want to leave a comment, ask a question, I'll try to get them on the show today all right so you had kind of a chill fall day i turned back the clock yesterday 
and went out to a downtown bar crawl, which is something I have not done in a very long time, including was some it an official bar crawl. Like did, uh, you know, was it labeled as such going, going in or did you, are you calling it a bar crawl because of the number? Like some of the, you know, some of them, you know, they're, they're sponsored going in or they're okay. promoted going in. Was this a such and such a bar crawl? Was not an official uh, bar crawl. What it was, uh, my wife's company, their department, all got together. It was like eight to ten of them plus spouses, and I mean it was planned. Like what the day, the day and the night was planned ahead of time. So right, I mean not so official, but it was an organized. I'm following bar crawl. you. I'm following you. Went to Lafayette Tap Room. I don't know if you're not much of a. You know, we never really were too much of a downtown scene, even when we were younger, going out to those kinds of places. Like you weren't really, were you? I didn't frequent the tap room, but you know, I was no stranger to downtown. Yeah, yeah. I would honestly, I would say my downtown era was around the time when you and I wouldn't have been in in touch. You know what I mean? Like like pre Facebook years. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, we had, we probably had shit man uh when we each had our you know like only one kid or something like that you know we probably had a 10 year uh gap gap for right? the most part I mean, yeah i'm sure a lot of people could uh could speak to that um you know before social media um but <laughs> what are we talking about i was again? just thinking in my mind like, he doesn't know what the about, fuck we bro? were talking about we were talking about downtown oh, how often i went downtown yes i think my downtown years were like early uh married years going with like other couples work work crews stuff yeah. like that um yeah those were those were my downtown years you you and i uh you know our hanging never really overlapped uh you know with with downtown right it was either like a lot of, in many cases and much of of where it got started it was like our underage hanging so you know downtown wasn't really in play in those type of thing you know we'd go close right. to you know somewhere on the west side somewhere on grand street somewhere where i can bring a pizza to and get myself in <laughs> all right at like 18 years old <laughs> I uh yeah I'm not that much of a, a bar person especially now like most of the time keep going on your list though because honestly it's an impressive list like when you were doing your intro it caught my eye and I sat there well, oh Saturday it. yes yeah, we, yeah 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 on your, on we, your we started there. yeah we started at tap room I I've been there before so that wasn't my first time yeah, there yeah, and right there paying for the pockets that, that that that's fine um big ditch we went oh, to nice. I had never been there before that's a really popular place too and I could see why I was impressed with that place it's big big front big back and nice upstairs. Very modern looking. Um, I enjoyed it there. Went to that Banshee, which was, that's been like 20,000 different things on Franklin Street. I know Darcy McGee's was one of them, but um, I guess that place is really well known for now weekend mornings for soccer. Are you a soccer guy? Like we, we never, I've never been a soccer fan. Like I like am the EPL just for now, example. I, I am just now fading out of what was about a five year um soccer interest i i started to play fifa you know i i, I just i got to a point where people just talked how good the game was mm -hmm. and i tried fifa maybe five years ago and uh and i i dove right in to the premier league just yeah. right into it man like i was i was digging it on those uh 
um sunday mornings right it's yeah. a lot a lot of sunday you know your fair share of saturday it's all over the place you know they found a way to uh and maybe this is part of the reason, but I actually, I, I ended up getting all those streaming channels, so I can't really blame it on this. But I think, you know, you know, they're not as as uh, entrenched in the uh, in the weekend schedule as they used to be. They, they seem to spread it out a little bit now. Um, and it just, I, I didn't, this is the first year where I just didn't stay with it, man. I think it, it really, it, so much of it is linked to the video game. When I get invested in that year's version of FIFA, which I've done every year. You know what I mean? The minute mm -hmm. the new one comes out, I try to take advantage of my 10 hour uh, EA free play. And then I eventually buy it, but I jump right on it. You know, the minute a new version of any sport game is available. I believe that video games could lead you into like in a sport, like for an example, Shane's been playing hockey for years and the video side I'm talking about uh -huh. real hockey didn't know shit about the Sabres, didn't know anything about the players other than the video game. And now he's becoming like a legitimate fan. Like he'll spend, he doesn't watch every game, but he'll go out still in the living room and he'll watch a lot of games now, which he never did uh, before the videos. But anyway, Banshee is known, I guess now as a place that hosts these big soccer parties. And why am I yelling too loud for you right now? No, it was one of those things where, again, oh. I forgot where we were. And then you said, well, oh, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's where we But were. anyway, yeah, so I, I guess that's a, a hot spot for soccer fans. I, I, I'm not a soccer fan, but I'm a fan of how fanatical soccer fans are towards the, the sport. They live and die with it. It's pretty cool. So I kind of want to go there during a, a Sunday or Saturday morning when there's games going on just to get uh, that vibe. So anyway, yeah, we went to Banshee, went to some place called, I don't know, something octopus. And it was basically, it was at somebody's house that was converted into a bar. And you kind of could tell, nice. I'm not going to sit there and, you know, I'm not going to throw shade. It, it, that kind of, it wasn't for me, but a lot of people were there and enjoying it. Definitely not a place for groups, put it that way. You want to go there. If you, me, you and I went there to have a drink, it'd be fine. But you go there with 12, 14 people, you really don't have anywhere to go. And that's they, a big, that's, you know, those are big words from, from, from a pandering uh, fellow <laughs> such as yourself, what that is not. You're out me. there making enemies now. Some, what if something octopus? I'm not making enemies. You know, uh, it's not a bad place. Just cook or something is is watching right now. I drink. You just lost the something octopus. You know, following. <laughs> I, as I was starting to say, you're in, no way, you're in no position to be doing that. I like drinking Bud Light. You know, Coors Light, Bush Light. Primarily going to friends houses or having people over or i'll go to like my regular watering holes so i really Man. what was cool about saturday was i was trying different beers like craft beers at every place i went to and i enjoyed a lot of them but anyway there's whatever i had itself an octopus that beer sucked it, it should be stated though that mm. for any to know your taste in cool things is actually to take that as a compliment. You know what I mean? You're not, you don't like, like I would be like, ah, oh, good. If that wasn't his scene, that's good. Cause yeah. he don't know what a good scene is. Right. You know what I mean? Tell my, my part that wanted to ask real quick. Does Tone Pucks have a favorite premier club? Do you have a favorite team in soccer? Uh, I try to, the answer, you know, the short answer is, is no. Well, uh, keep when it I a short answer. Fuck I don't want to hear your long answer. Well, I mean, I, I liked Man City when I first got in. They were just a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's a homery thing. But, you know, I liked De Bruyne. I was, a, I was just, I liked watching him uh, play, play his sport. 
Uh, so it was Man City, but then it just, uh, over the past couple of years, I would gamble on some teams, you know, to hit the top four, uh, you know, maybe a hot spur last year, fuck that one up. Um, and now it's, you know, that now it's kind of down, down to nothing too. Mm. I, I, I was enjoying Chelsea while the American was there, while Pulisic was there. Um, and I've never gotten into any of the other leagues outside of the, uh premier league uh, champions league was really cool the the format of putting all those teams together man um so unique that was a lot of fun maybe i'll get back there i'd like to try to get back there uh but right now um right now soccer doesn't have a no. hold of me okay there, how's that for a short that, answer uh, you like that it was, a, med- it was a medium size answer yeah, it wasn't okay. it wasn't too bad you didn't ramble too much all right there's there was one more bar i wanted to mention specifically that i went to saturday and again talking buffalo it's not just sports talk you're oh. kind of talking about the city you relax over there founding fathers <laughs> the founding fathers i don't know if you've ever been to that bar i, I don't even know where it is to be honest with you at this point i was downtown i was getting like three sheets in the wind and just following everybody so i don't even know exactly uh where it was i, I want to say it was on allen somewhere but anyway what I like about that bar is it was very unique. You know, like Big Ditch is really nice, but it's a brewery, and there's a lot of nice breweries around the area now, um, Surgeons, Beltline Brewery, etc. But this Founding Fathers is an old-ass place. It's an old-person bar, bartender. I think he might have been the owner, too. He's probably in his 70s. But Founding Fathers is presidents, and the whole bar is just littered with photographs and cool souvenirs and memorabilia from presidents. I don't know if you, I'm assuming you've never been there because you don't know. You're looking a little befuddled as I'm talking about this. It was a cool bar. What I'm saying basically is, you know, even the nicer bars, they're, they're, they're a bar and this is different. You can spend a lot of time in there just looking at all the shit on the walls, man. Lincoln and Franklin, Washington, Obama, just tons of cool shit all over the place. You're sure on Obama. Huh? Yeah, I'm positive. You're on sure on Obama. All there right. was some Trump too. I know it's your boy and all, <laughs> but seriously, it, it was a it was a different kind of bar, and I just I like it being unique and different like that. That was fun, and at that point, like I said, I was kind of getting a little bit shitty. Went to that Fat Bob Smokehouse, had some smoked wings, overrated wings. Well, there you go. There's, there's another enemy now. They won't be sponsoring. This well, show. yeah, there's another enemy sitting directly to your right yeah you like that fat been... bobs is my go-to bro i'm about to order thanksgiving dinner from <laughs> fat bobs. that could that conversation came up today i, I got some smoked wings I, honestly i was i i thought they were yeah. i'm okay with that take i think i've done smoked wings there before and if you're ex- you know expecting or hoping for any sort of comp to your traditional wing that's not it. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm not saying that's what you went in necessarily looking for. I like, was, give me the, I was drunk give me and the closest thing I can get to some wings type shit. Yeah, I was just drunk um, and hungry. Fries those, were good. Those aren't, uh, you know, those won't uh, uh, satisfy that, that you know, that pizzeria wing. Uh, right. Agreed. Agreed. And then we stopped at Adolph's. That was the last bar stop. Um, That, that wasn't downtown. It was kind of on our way back going towards home <laughs> and i did then i went to my buddy's house and watched some ufc fights and i cannot uh, tell you one second of one fight because i do not remember good. i don't remember any of it good. maybe the wings at fat bobs maybe the reason why they they failed to impress me is just because thursday night i had 9 11 tavern last week and i put out a tweet calling them the best wings in the world and they are the best wings in the world by the way Should have like one hundred twenty thousand. tell me views. again tell me again where that's at 
911 Tavern. It's on Bloomfield and South Park Avenue in South Buffalo. Oh, There's so much to oh, not like about the place because A, it's small. B, it's cash only. C, there's no reservations. Uh, D, they stopped serving at 8.30. In fact, a couple from Maine showed up at 8.37, said they drove 10 hours to come here. And the waitress said, well, you're going to have to come back tomorrow because we're not serving. <laughs> but Aaron and I went there last Thursday and we got really lucky. We didn't even have to wait more than 10 minutes for a table. And they only got nine or 10 tables too, by the way. So again, it's hard to actually eat there, but these are the best wings in Buffalo and Buffalo's got the best wings in the world. So to me, that makes these the best wings in the world. Traditional wings. There's a difference between like hot medium or, you know, these fancy double dip Cajun, all this shit you can get from, from other places. I'm talking about your regular basic Buffalo chicken wing. Right. 9-11 Tavern is absolutely the best. And I put up a picture of them, tweet about it. I, it's funny. People care about my wing shit more than they care about my sports takes. And I don't know how I should feel about that. But, uh, yeah, I... They're, they're just incredible. Wages. You really started that. I don't think we've never had a chance to to talk about that. What but that, you know, oh. the, the the wing reviews and stuff like that. Eventually, the, the market got saturated and you became the brunt of the occasional joke. Not you, sure. but wing, you know, reviewers. But, right. you know, the thing that eventually got to be too much for everybody was actually started by you. I, I you know, <laughs> I think if I'm not mistaken, no, I, he, I could be. I mean, might be the only reason you're still around. It could be, man. It definitely helped grow the show. I'm not gonna lie about that. And and I and you ended up being like 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 nobody uh no nobody gives a shit what I think about Josh crazy. Allen. Nobody cares about no. what I think about Josh Allen, but I swear to you man, four to five times a week I'll get either a tweet or an email or a DM from somebody saying, what about this place or your wing review ranking stuff? I liked it or whatever. I get more interaction from talking about wings than I do sports. I think that's just because everybody has an opinion. When you have, a, everybody has an opinion about wings. It's, and it's so subjective. Whereas, you know, you're talking football. Sometimes you say Pat Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. What, how many people are going to disagree or have their own take on that? You know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah, that's well, of not course. To like as, as big as we talk football and whatnot. Sure. You know, we talk about it. But but I'm going to give you a big compliment right here because I don't think that this is true in a lot of other areas, in a lot of other culinary areas. I think you fucking take your subs too plain. I think, I think you just, uh, you know, generally speaking, I, I wouldn't say that you have this. But in the area of wings, all right, I'm going to say you got a good pellet. Yeah, I'm going to say, is it pellet or pallet? Pallet. Pallet, I think. Okay. Well, I'm going to say that yours um, knows its wings because you, you you get a lot of them right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, you're – and they're very pandering. That helped. You know what I mean? Pandering Pat didn't just start, you know, when he never took sides in fucking Twitter beefs. started long before that shit. Aaron Quinn and Tim Graham started beefing this week. I was like, I was like nope. Y'all handle this yourself. <laughs> Not taking no fucking sides. Y'all handle this yourself like you both oh. don't care. All right, let's talk sports. Yeah, let's, let's get into it a little bit. So, Although that was fun. I How far into this are we before really 16, having started on sports? 16, 17 minutes. In. That's good. That's yeah, excellent. Like. This is a kind of a product of not having a game to immediately recap. Like most of the time when you're on with me, it's immediately following a game. And we're spending the entire time talking about said game. I hate when the Bills, I've said this a million times, like a broken record. I hate when the Bills don't play on Sunday afternoon. Most of the time. Today was not one of those days because I had an absolute blast. Bear can opening alert. 
<laughs> I had a blast today. Today was, and today meaning Sunday for people listening to this on Monday. Today was a blast watching football. There were some incredibly competitive, fun games. Uh, I think I just saw a stat that four games ended in a walk-off field goal today. Not a good game for the Bills in terms of AFC playoff race scoreboard watching, though. I'm just going to throw that right out there. But uh, Cleveland came back from 15 down to beat Baltimore. Houston was beating the shit out of Cincinnati. Then they almost blew it. Then they come back right, on the field. On. They you, win. As you go through each one of you know those games, I know you're doing it in rapid fire fashion, mm -hmm. but let's give early takes on what it means. You know what each one means for the Bills. Can so. I give? All right, yeah, okay, that's fair. Let me give you one take that I wanted to talk about last week. Okay, that we never got a chance to because again we were reacting to a Bills Bengals game. We never really got to anything else last week. The Houston Texans are for real. That's my takeaway of today. The Houston Texans are five and four. And it's time that people start respecting this team. I wrote about them last week. CJ Stroud, I did not think he was going to be good. I'm gonna, I was not high on him at all. I thought Bryce Young would be better. I, I, I thought Richardson, which again, he got hurt early. So, you know, we'll see how his career plays out. But holy shit, man, CJ Stroud is the real deal. Houston's good. They got a good young roster. I love DeMarco Ryans. He is a gonna be a great head coach. They got some pieces in place now, and they're five and four, dude. They're you're talking wild card in the hunt. You better put some name on Houston's respect or put some respect on Houston's name, I should say, because they are in this mix and they deserve it. They did something this week that the Bills didn't even come close to doing last week. And that was just physically, especially on their defense. I mean, Joe Burrow made some great plays, but man, they were physically imposing on Cincinnati. All right. Well, if we're going to put some respect on the Houston Texans name, then you're going to put some respect on their head coach's name. It's D'Amico. D'Amico, my bad. <laughs> I'm playing with no, you. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But, yeah. Yo, I thought I thought when I, when Ryan uh, – now, this is here. I'm going to screw up, too, because I don't know if it's Ryan or Ryan's, but I think it's the S. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's Ryan's. When he was hired, man, and I saw the match with, with Stroud, I was like, you know, he's just a one-year a one holdover to blame – you know, blame – um, blame him for the season instead of Stroud. Like I, I just, I can't remember who just left Houston. Did did I whoever le left, leave Houston? I almost feel like he was, he was, it was a, he was a PR plugin. I, 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 but I could have that totally wrong. I just remember thinking they're setting him up to fail. Man, anything but anything but. And you know when we were when we were getting ready to come in tonight. You know what? Did, what were we watching uh, play out and and talked about a little bit? Was Antonio Pierce um, with the Raiders right going through that? Uh, yeah, you remember? Yeah, I, I just I'm I'm Lovey worried, Smith. Well, Lovey worried, Smith worried that I have his name wrong. It was uh, it was Lovey it was Smith. Lovey Smith. Yeah, it was driving me crazy. I had to look it up. Is that what you were doing over yeah. there when you were like fucking clueless about <laughs> yeah. when I sent it to you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyways. Um, Hey, it's awesome to see, man. It's awesome to see. Like, I, you always got to be careful when you don't like prepare to go on with something related to uh, race and NFL head coaches. Like, I ain't trying to give anyone a soundbite. Not that anyone, you know, that important would uh, would hear it. But um, good to see. You know, it just hit me for the first time. What an opportunity here, man, with guys like Ryan's and Pierce. You know what I mean? A younger. All right, fresher, uh, uh, 
wave of uh, potential long-term African-American coaches, um, man, I, I, I hope it flies. And yes, uh, the team that, uh, uh, that one of them uh, is surprising the hell out of me uh, on is to be feared. But here's my, here's my corny litmus test. You want a corny litmus test? Here's what I need to do. First of all, I've never watched them play. <laughs> all right. I haven't seen anything anything i you know Houston? yeah but i've got to run a game of madden with them all right and i've got to see that they've got some like ratings some uh, on defense that you know speak to this player was supposed to be good sure right you know what i mean don't give me a right end you know who's like a like a 69 on the pass rush or something all right like that dude didn't suddenly become an 85 all right so but if he's like around a 77 player on madden then i could look at it and be like well if this motherfucker balls out okay He's a he's a plus player on defense. Yeah, Will and Anderson. If they got enough dudes like that, if they got enough dudes like that, then maybe I'll start to be sold a little bit. Right now, it seems fluky. It seems fluky. Today was the big win. All right, but they still got to pass the big test. What are their Madden ratings? <laughs> well, they did draft a um the third overall pick in the draft this year to play defensive end Anderson. You know, D Damone Harris. Is he they, killing it? Hmm? Is Anderson He's playing pretty it? good. He's playing pretty good. Um, the Stingley was a top five pick two years ago. Uh, and not a, there's not a lot of corner. Stingley, hmm? Stingley yeah, yeah, the yeah. corner. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that. I, know right, so they, I don't know this team inside out, but I just, I've watched them play the last couple of weeks and they just look highly competitive. Bills don't want it. The Bills don't want to see that team stay in it. But I'll tell you this. All right. If this was like a bill season of, of the past few years where you just know, you know, you're going, who the fuck's not watching this right now rooting for that team? Oh, to, sure. To be, I hear a lot I mean? of people talking about the Houston might be the 2019 Bills, you know, where they're starting the recension on the come up. CJ Stroud is ascending into a, a great quarterback. Now he's only a rookie, whereas Josh Allen, it was year two year for two, him. But, sure. but there's some there's some parallels between this team, a defensive minded head coach. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of uh, parallels, but anyway, yeah. That receiver that everyone wanted to draft and that, tanked out. That, that was, yeah. Yeah, that he, was, he's really was, good. Nico Collins is really good. Got Dalton Schultz. Yo, the weapons are there on offense. Again, right. Devin Schultz, Singletary had a well over 100 yards in a touchdown today, so he had a big game for Houston. Oh, I yeah. see. That's another thing, too. I got to see how the, the line is rated on that. How's the O-line? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. Do they have – are they winning in the trenches? Is that one of the reasons? They look, did today. Look, those things to me are just – I know it sounds silly, but those – you know, those answers. So we're not going to say that we get those answers necessarily, that we get to those answers by way of Madden ratings. But those answers, at least to me, still speaks to their – uh, ability to sustain it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think Stroud will have days that, you know, he comes back down to earth quite a bit. So is the almost success, did at the end of this game, is man. their success sustainable, you know, in the trenches and when they need stops and stuff like that. Yeah. Devin Singletary, 130 yards today rushing. CJ Stroud's only thrown two picks this whole season. And uh, one of them That's was it. One, one of them, one of them was at the end of this game, and it almost cost them uh two picks as a, a, as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, dude, five and four teams. I'll tell you, he's wasn't supposed to he's be. on the fringe. I'm gonna say the fringe of being in an MVP conversation right now, the way he's playing. Yeah, he's a lock. That it's over for rookie of the year as long as he stays healthy. But um, yeah, so anyway, Houston wins. 
I don't think that's helpful to the Bills. I know there are a lot of Bills fans out there who are kind of rooting for Houston to beat Cincinnati. I wasn't in that mindset. I, again, Houston's five and four now. They're right there. Uh, Cleveland beat Baltimore. I don't think that's good for the Bills. Pittsburgh beat Green Bay. Obviously, that's not good for the Bills. And you look, so if the Bills, they're playing Denver here on Monday night. If the Bills do win, they'll be the seventh seed, by the way, for people who are out there wondering right now. Wow, a, a win? Yeah. Even if the Jets like were to win tonight or, or something? I think or... it's the Bills The Bills would have, yeah, we're taping this before the Jets are playing right now. But I, you think if the Jets win and the Bills win, I think the Bills will have one more win on the season so far, I think. That'll false. That, that'll that'll falsely make a lot of Bills fans, you know, breathe easier again. But at the same time, well, like I said, I, I, think I, false, I, I think it would be false to do so. What to, to assume the Bills would be in the playoffs with a win? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. to to see them in the spot, you know, if they win. Okay, when yeah. they wake waking up on, you know, Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning, uh, in a spot because I don't know, I, I'm, and I'm not ready to break it down, but. I don't know how we were a nine, right? We were the nine this week going. I think eight, eight after the, we were nine after we lost. No. Yeah. And then the jets lost on Monday. So that brought them up to an eight. Okay. Um, I don't know who lose, who lost uh, to get us to seven. You, you the know jets, what I mean? Oh, today yeah, on, on Sunday. Yeah. yeah um, Bengals, Cincinnati. Bengals. Yeah. Cincinnati. The See, here's the thing about the Bengals. Like when we talk about the Bengals and the Texans and who we thought was going to win that one, or who we wanted to win that one. I'll tell you who we thought was going to win that one. I thought since he was going to, I laid the five and a half. We'll just put it that, that way. Um, I, th I think when since he handled us, I think we immediately kind of gave since a while, gave since a spot. Like since he's better than us, since he's a wild card, team, agreed. We're battling, you know what I mean. Um, I still feel and maybe that way. they can fuck it up. You know what I mean? I mean, look, look, that's five losses. That's a lot of losses, man. I know they got us in a head to head, and they're still scary as hell. You know, and I bet you teams would love to see not see them in the playoffs. You know, um, but maybe since he is capable of fucking it up, well, they, they they got four losses by the way. They're five. They're five and four right now. So if the Bills win on Monday night, no, today's loss was five, wasn't no, it? No, it's five four. They're five and four. Uh, they were five and three after they beat the Bills. But regard to okay. your to your point though, last week the Bills woke up on Tuesday out of the playoffs. If the Bills win on Monday, they wake up in them. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to wake up Tuesday out of the playoffs. So I'm sure their fans are. I want to know that say that they're panicked like Bills. A lot of Bills fans no, are. They're but, not happy about not. I mean, they're, and they're in a tough ass. Together. They're in a it's tough hard. division, man. That all four they of those are. teams. That's good. That's, that's that's what I'm talking about today. Like our boy Scully was rooting for all the wrong teams, and I kind of yelled at him on Facebook. I he saw it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Cle Cleveland six and three now, man. Steelers are six and three. Um, the Dolphins are six and three. So. It's Again, Cincinnati's super. five and four, but they've beaten the Bills head to head, and it's a little bit early for all that, but it's not too early to certainly to pay attention. Let me ask you this: We'll I'll, I'll, we'll start this, take a break, and kind of dive into this more. Like a real break, like I can get up. No, 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 like a twenty second break for uh, the audience. Don't even side. last twenty seconds. No, five seconds side. in. All right, yeah. Right now, uh, I'm going to ask you point blank: Do you think right now, as this stands, as we record this episode right now, late on Sunday? Do you think the Buffalo Bills are one of the seven best teams right now in the AFC? I know that sounds so easy. I don't think that it is. Hold on. Well, I don't. I, I'm going to take issue with how you asked it. Okay. Are you asking me whether or not the right now I think the Bills are going to make the playoffs? 
Or are you asking me, do I think they're one of the seven best teams in the AFC? Well, let's, I think let's my answer, both. I think my answer is different for each. Explain. Go ahead. Elaborate. What would it be for each then? Unless they were to absolutely implode. All right. And just like the, the wheels, the wheels come off. Maybe they finish eight and nine or something like that. Okay. Let me, um, let me interrupt you right real quick. Uh, Michael commented, and I trust what he's saying. I know him pretty well. It says the Jets could pull ahead of the Bills on a tiebreaker with a win tonight. So maybe I was wrong about the Bills being in the playoffs with the win as things stand. But anyway, go ahead. Tonight. I think, see, I brought that up. Yeah, you, you did. You did. Good job, man. All right, so anyway, top seven team in the, in the AFC right now. If the Bills just keep playing the kind of football that they're playing right now, mm-hmm. all right, I think they finish the season – um, nine and eight or ten and seven. Agreed. Okay. Um, and I don't know that that gets it done. Okay, like I just don't know that that gets it done. The, you know, nine and eight. I I'm gonna say I definitely won't get it done. The way things are trending right now, the exact conversation that we just had, all those fucking six and threes out there, man. So I don't think nine and eight gets it done. So now you're moving to 10 and 7, and you're hoping that you ain't tied with anybody. All right. Yeah, because they already got what four conference losses already. I think it's quite conceivable that the Bills could miss out on the playoffs, but at the end of the day, you would look at them and be like, man, they're still at least somewhere between five and seven. They may not be by the time, by the time everything gets there, let's say Kansas city, Miami, Baltimore, uh, you, you know, they, they pull away in the divisions as I expect. It, I expect Miami to, um, I think it gets really dark over the course of the next few weeks. Miami has cupcakes. Miami has, cupcakes. they finished with the tough schedule. They finished with three Last hard three. ones. All right. Yeah. But they got, they got four, cupcakes leading up to them it's going to get dark we'll we'll be winning our games but you know i don't think we'll be uh you know gaining gaining on miami but anyways i think you could look at the uh, at the afc uh playoff teams and have it not include the bills and still say man what a what a shame, you know, this, this, this team is one of the best, you know, seven in it, you know, well, here, not this team, not being in the playoffs. All right. Ain't what we want. You know, it's kind of not what they want because, you know, you're, you're about to get the third straight primetime game, uh, in a row, man. And they, they're, they're just laying duds left, left and right. You know, they're just laying, you know, duds. So, we were we we held on to you know our, our kind of our media darling there uh up through this year but and i think i think they still want us you know what i mean like networks the the you know the game itself still wants one one more hurrah of josh allen in the playoffs um but man even money right now no i don't i don't see them changing enough or getting the execution going enough whether it's strategic or, or on the field whatever um i don't see him doing it to to beat some of those teams that we have down the stretch well let me, i'll say this kansas city this is my list right now kansas city cincinnati um baltimore and i think jacksonville are, are for sure better than the bills right now 
offense, defense, special teams, one through 53. I think those four teams are, are better than the Bills. And it's really hard to argue against the Jaguars or Cincinnati, considering that they pretty much laid it on Buffalo and they weren't even really all that competitive of games. The Bills will have a chance to play in Kansas City. Uh, they don't play Baltimore. I still think Baltimore is a really good football team. So that's four right there. So automatically, to me, that puts the Bills no higher than fifth. And now you're getting into the territory with Cleveland, or first of all, Miami, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I, I, I want to say the Chargers, but dude, they're four and five. I can't. Uh, I but can't, here's I something can't. else you did, though. Here's something else you did. You took a five and five. <laughs> I keep doing that. You took a five and four Bengals team. Bengals team. Because I think they're better. I I do. I do. But <laughs> you gave that, the Bills. You, you got a five and four Bengals team with a real tough division. Sure. All right. And and a, you know, still two games or maybe a game and a half out of first place. Bengals could be having the same thing that so, you're talking about. You know, I don't know that I I can I'm just making the argument that no matter what happens this season, no matter what ha happens this season, even me, even a cynic like myself, all right, you'll, you'll probably never convince can convince me that the Bills weren't one of the five best teams in the AFC this year. You know what I mean? Even even if things just keep going the way they're they're going right, right now, now, though, yeah, even defense? if we miss out on the players, I don't, I don't care. I'm also kind of factoring in the fact that unlike yourself, I do think it's possible that we'll see some. Some returns. Um, I guess that's how you're talking about Daquan or Milano. Well, you got Scully over there saying Pat's had absolutely no on Milano. I'm like, listen, bro, Pat don't <laughs> fucking know. Pat was in a, a shitty space headspace when he typed that or tweeted that or whatever. Pat don't know, no. All right, yeah, I don't, don't know for sure. But look, all I'm all I'm saying is, I, I guess I'm I'm factoring in the possibility that they. Um, that they have some of their studs to to help make a run a little bit, or that they find it in time to make a run. Um, but no, you'll never convince me. <clears throat> excuse me, bad swallow. <laughs> you'll never convince me that the Bills weren't a top five team uh, in the AFC when when this season ends, and that that includes in the case of not making the playoffs, not making not making That's the fair. playoffs. That's fair. Look. The, the gloomy side of it all right now is that the Bills are in a fight for a playoff spot, whether people want to think that or not. It is just straight up. It's the truth right now. You look at the teams ahead of them, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about these schedules, but I did write this stuff down here. Pittsburgh, they are 6-3, and three, but they still play Cincinnati twice. They play Cleveland on the road. They play at Baltimore, which is the last game of the season. They also play at Seattle. So there's a lot of tough games coming up for Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland plays Pittsburgh. They play Jacksonville. They play at Houston, which is funny because now I'm adding Houston to a, a list of tough games. I never thought I'd be doing that when it comes down to NFL playoff factors. Uh, they play at Cincinnati. They play at the Rams. So there's potential losses there um, for, for Cleveland. Houston, they play the Jags in Cleveland. Those are tough ones. But look, Arizona at home, Denver at home, at the Jets, a winnable game, at Indy, a winnable game, Tennessee twice, Houston's five and four. One, two, three, four, six games. If they can win five of those cupcake games, even five of those six, that gets them the 10 wins. I am telling you, folks, Houston is in the hunt, like, for real. That is, like, my big takeaway right now with the AFC. Cupcakes, bro. Cupcakes. That's Those are winnable-ass games. I was and they get... could be Cleveland, too. I mean, <laughs> they could be Jacksonville. 
Houston is in the mix. I would be not stunned if Houston, Texas make the playoffs. I'm telling you, man. That's I'm telling you. Big words. Let me tell you what's going through my head mm. uh, while you talk about that. I'm looking at the clock because I've lost track already. If it's, I can't remember what time we started because I've been here so many times, like to like 11 or something, yeah. where I'm like, what am I going to have <laughs> the time to do when I get home? <laughs> so I'm getting excited thinking about Houston in a game of Madden, right? I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go home and play Houston a game of Madden. And then I remembered that fucking uh, the kids added another another body, uh, another body to the TV count today. My fucking, my TV's toast, man. Really? They got it. They got the good one in the basement. They got the video game Ooh. TV. And uh, I will not be going home tonight to play with, uh, with, Houston, with or against uh, Houston in a game of Madden. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. All right, I'm back here with Tone Pox. We're talking about the AFC, just how tough it's going to be for the Bills to get into the playoffs. And if they're one of the top seven teams in the AFC, I tend to agree with you, by the way, to put a wrap on that. Making, making the playoffs or not, I still think they're one of the top seven teams, but I think they're closer to seven than they are, like maybe two or three, just because of the, the injuries on defense are just uh, too much. What about the issues with this team? And again, we're, we're talking about a team that's going to play a game here on Monday night. I know we're both assuming that they're going to win this game despite even more injuries on defense, but what do you attribute the biggest problem being with, with this team right now? Because I will tell you this, and I obviously pay a lot of attention to social media and they've went through stretches and slumps over the last couple of years. I remember fans were calling for Brian Dable to be fired in 2021 at one point. I don't so remember this, this as, as well as other people seem to i mean I do. like i think there was a fringe there with dayball but everybody's coming out of the woodwork now i remember about it. where where you know it was in abundance i don't remember that well regardless there, the, the, what i'm saying is this there was still a lot of confidence in this football team like what the fuck's going on we're playing terrible but there's a lot of confidence that things were going to get turned around i spent a lot of time on twitter on sunday watching these games watching cleveland win and pittsburgh win and houston win and i'm telling you the thing that stuck out to me more than anything else on social media, at least, is 
I've this is the lowest I've seen fans confident in the Buffalo Bills right now, probably since this run with Josh Allen, what four years now, five years running playoff teams or caliber teams. This is the least confident I, I've seen fans in the Bills. This team feels, even though they're not really old, but this team just feels old and, and stale and borderline boring, quite frankly. Tim Graham wrote a great article. I'm going to get to that in a second. Do you kind of get that sense? So, like, I know you're not on social media a lot, but you talk to people. Like, the confidence level, if, you're, if your name's not Anthony Angrisano, anyway, the, the confidence level on the Bills is, I don't want to say an all-time low, but it's at a three- or four-year low, I feel like. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, absolutely, because the shit storms are brewing. Yeah. You know, like the last conversation that we had about them, they are getting old, man. Mainstays will be will be goners. All right, huge uh, monies will be eaten. Um, this is it. This is the last look for a big part of this group, and like midway through the season. It's looking like you know you're not even not even gonna have a chance to. Uh, no, it's not looking like you're not gonna have a chance to play for it, but you're in a you're in a battle for a, a playoff spot where, where you never expected to be. Yeah, I think a lot of fans feel that this team is closer to being, and so do I, for the record, of being closer to missing the playoffs than they are being a legitimate chance. Like if you had to put even money on right now. Or not missing even even money or, or, uh, versus getting the to the championship. Correct. Again. What are you? Fucking, I pound missing pound the playoffs. Missing the playoffs. Yeah, I I got to tell you, man, I'm getting close to uh, that point as well. Even going to this game tonight with these injuries on defense. Uh, I know this is like a game day podcast that hasn't talked about the game at all. But you know <laughs> what? You put it up at like what six forty nine in the morning or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it'll it'll have what all the day, fuck? <laughs> what time do you get up? To put these things up, I schedule them actually. I'll schedule mainly at night for. Uh, oh, you fancy? Yeah, huh? for the next morning. You fancy? Yeah, but like I said, this team it just feels really stale right now. And Tim Graham from the Athletic wrote a really good piece this week about the Bills. Remember when Buffalo used to have fun? That was the title of it. I want to read one paragraph from that? I have it in my notes here. He says these Bills are tightly wound and have been all season. They have a tightly wound head coach and a tightly wound offensive coordinator, still unable to replace Brian Dable's palsy-walsy influence or Leslie Frazier's fatherly hand. The Bills trudge into November closer to missing the playoffs and maneuvering for a Lombardi trophy. Kind of Tim just said what, uh, or wrote what we just talked it takes, about. It takes a lot for me to overlook, all right, uh, some of some of Tim's beefs on, on Twitter and stuff like that. Plus, I, you know... I, I, I see him so much as, as a long form writer mm -hmm. um, that I, I I don't recall really diving into his Bills takes that much. That was fucking superb. Yeah. All right. Not only a superb take, but superbly worded. It makes me miss, you know, having someone as good at putting the words together like that. I mean, that was like, you know, I mean, it was like Felcher type shit. You know, what I, yeah. you know what I mean. And uh, Tim, I mean, I've got. I, I hope to see more of of that because um, I know for a while there, man. I mean, he he was straight long form. Was he even really giving you this on the bills? Or is this is this yeah. is, is this 
did he have to take over some shit? You know, well, I mean, I mean you know, but it's fucking excellent. Yeah, he the, the story itself. He was talking about how the offense just used to have more creativity and imagination, and just quite frankly, was better. Uh, I want to read something else from his article. He says, well, and I'm sure he doesn't mind me plugging this here. Once among the NFL's most entertaining clubs, the Bills have become a primetime bore. Last year, they averaged 31 points while going undefeated in five night games. The Bills <laughs> enter Monday night's matchup against the Denver Broncos with a 2-2 two and two primetime record and averaging 18 points. You can't fake fun. Buffalo's just not having it. Remember those middle finger plays showing up the Pittsburgh Steelers defense yes. right after the renegade Over hype song, table. throwing a touchdown pass to my rookie backup God, Tommy Doyle. All my thoughts into words. Yeah, what throw, a fucking what throwing a, a touchdown pass to rookie backup tackle Tommy Doyle <laughs> while already beating New England by thirty in the fourth quarter. John Brown and Cole Beasley chucking touchdowns. Josh Allen catching them. Defensive tackle Kyle Williams getting touches. Isaiah McKenzie capering about. Just yeah, man. I'm look great again. Stuff. I know it really, great it, stuff, it really is man. great but stuff. But to me, it all it all speaks to Dayball versus Dorsey. Uh, Dorsey and and man, I mean, we could really talk about you know these guys as 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 men too. Dayball versus McDermott. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Like you know when you're having that sort of success. You don't have to listen to your head coach. And believe me, I, I, I don't think fucking Dayball really did. You know what I mean? Like, he kept McDermott at an arm's length from Josh. Um, and I just think, I think Dorsey is, is you know, not as uh, successful as, as Dayball, not as decorated as Dayball, and simply not as powerful a personality in you know in the organization to fend off the highly strung head coach yeah I, I tightly wound however tim put it yeah. you know he put it perfectly yeah you know and and how does that where does that start you know what i mean is it is it has mcdermott really always been that way and now it's infectious in the wrong ways or is it the fact that you know other leaders in the in the building Dayball and Frazier simply weren't. They weren't like that. You know what I mean? Frazier maybe a little bit, you know what I mean? But he was still, you know, very nurturing and things like that. It, sure. More of a calmness than a tight woundness. You yeah. know what I mean? Good Those point. are big personalities. Well, it's not my point at all. I mean, right there in the article, he talked, you know, pointed out uh, characteristics of, of Dayball and, um, and Leslie and, and Frazier and you know, uh, that's why when, when we talk about McDermott being part of the problem, you know, we, we, we go to 13 seconds. We talk about, you know, decisions, in-game decisions that we liked or didn't like and stuff like that. But what we really should be talking about is, you know, his ability to hit on his second, you know, wave of, of, uh, of coordinators. You know what I mean? Like when he didn't have uh you know the veterans the the studs uh that Dayball and Frazier were considered to be you know he's losing that battle mm -hmm. right now he's he's losing that it has it's been far from seamless now we don't know if the defense necessarily would have uh, shit man McDermott looked like he may have had it on a path to to improve upon uh, Agreed. Frazier's D. I mean, they look good the first month, man. Yeah. 40 injuries. I mean, the, that Miami game was a real test. And 
and the defense passed it. The defense but looked good. That's injuries. X's and O's aside, and even injuries aside, though, the, the cool hands, man, the calming influence of Fraser sure. that isn't there right now. Nobody filled that void. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody filled that void. And, you know, that whole piece, that, that whole dynamic, uh, to me, factors in. Yeah. Somebody commented Frazier was a scapegoat. To some extent, I, I buy that as well. Let me read one more piece from Tim's uh, from article, because this kind of speaks to what we've been talking about. I know I had a rant on last week's show about this, just the, the, the lack of any creativity in this offense. He says in the 27 games, and I didn't even realize this, in the 27 games, Ken Dorsey has been offensive coordinator. No one other than a quarterback has attempted a pass, and no one other than a running back receiver or tight end has caught. Under Dable, non-quarterbacks completed six of eight passes for 104 yards, four touchdowns. Not counting special teams, chicanery, Brown threw two touchdowns, Beasley and McKenzie won apiece. Non-skilled players under Dable caught six of eight targets for 46 yards, five touchdowns. Left tackle Deion Dawkins has two career TD receptions. Then he jokingly says the universe smiles upon fat guy. Touchdowns. We talked about this, though. The, the lack of creativity and energy in this offense. All that stuff, where's the reverse other than a horrible, which we, again, we watched it and laughed at the time. Maybe we shouldn't have the uh, attempted flea flicker, but where's the jet sweeps? Where's the pre-snap motion? Where's the reverses? Where's all kinds of, you know, where's a, a red zone or goal line situation, fat guy catching a touchdown? Maybe that fun matters. It, you know, it spreads in the locker room because this does seem, you know what else it seems like, Tone, this year? We don't talk about this enough. And I don't know if this is a McDermott thing or what, but doesn't this feel like this is a low-energy Buffalo Bills team this year compared to years past? It does to me. I just don't feel the energy with this team right now. We're talking about a team like it's a eulogy or a funeral. The season's not over. They are five and four and very winnable. Well, look, you know, I very think there was carryover. I think there was carryover from the offseason, the issues with, with Diggs uh, a little bit, even though that hasn't really flared back up. I just think there was... Um, I think there was some disconnect, uh, you know, within some of the big players, mm -hmm. players me being, you know, big personalities, let's say, important personalities, players and coaches. There was some disconnect there, and just a lot of it, uh, uh, a lot of it has gone against them, you know. M maybe we're not talking this way without injury. Well, you know, that's to assume wins. Let's do that real fast. What? What's the Bills' record if they're healthy, healthy? This year? Right now. Just the way the season was going so far. All right. So they lose They lose Trey against Miami. Miami the the and, he, and he's not there against Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. And uh, Elam gets eaten up, and the other two get hurt right away. Same, same game, right? Yep. All right. Everybody stays healthy against Jacksonville. We win that football game. Um. Oh, if Daquan Jones and Milano everybody don't stays get everybody stays healthy, we win that football game. I think so. I I think so. Although we were we were we came out really we we were we were we flat we were flat and came there late in the week, and I think that affected the Bills' offense huge. We were flat, but the defense played like shit in part because they lost Daquan Jones and Matt Milano in game in the first quarter. Right? They so, don't lose. They don't lose to the Patriots. So at worst, right now they're six and three, possibly seven and two, and you could really argue. You sure. know, that they would have played Cincinnati, you know. They would have lost. They would not have beat. I don't think. I don't believe they beat a Cincinnati. Healthy Bills. A healthy Bills. A healthy still, Bills I, that still isn't figuring it's a bad it out matchup. offensively. They're, they'd be capable of it. I don't think they're capable yeah. of beating Cincinnati. Well, 
I take that back. They're capable of beating Cincinnati, but a lot of shit needs to go right. I watched Houston dominate them for the most part today. And I like Houston, but you can't tell me that they're better than the Bills right now. I know this is a week-to-week league. I get that. Six and three without the injuries. I feel confident saying that. Nah, I want seven and two. Okay. Well, regardless, they're, they're, they're not healthy. <laughs> and it's getting worse because they are playing a team Monday night here in Denver without the, the guys that already have been out. And now they're without Mike Hyde. Now they're without Christian Benford. I think Benford, I, I think that's fine because of Russell Douglas. And maybe no Terrell Bernard. Terrell Bernard is still, as, as of this recording late Sunday anyway, has not cleared concussion protocol. So they might be missing him too. Defense is in shambles, bro. The Broncos, by the way, they are three and five. They've won two in a row. I know it looked like they were tanking early in the year. They've beaten the Chiefs. They played the Chiefs tough the time they lost them. They played them twice. And they're coming off a bye. I mean, if you're Denver, you're probably, you're. I don't think you're, afraid to come to Buffalo and play. I think in the years past, there's been some teams that have been kind of afraid to come here and play the Bills. I don't think they're fearing the Bills right no, now. Denver's coming, in, Denver's coming in with some confidence, man. I, I happened to throw on a couple national guys um, earlier in earlier in the week. No idea who it was. Um, but it was definitely national and it was definitely a, a radio feed. But they were just doing picks. Might have been Saturday morning. Might have been like a Boomer Esaias on Saturday morning kind of thing. And um, they got the Bills, unbiased Bills, Broncos. Both took the Broncos and just said that, you know, they're playing with genuine confidence right now. Both took the Broncos to cover. Both say Bills win, Broncos cover. So, you know, going all the way back to where we were, you know, early on, you just you said I think we both expect the Bills to win tomorrow night, and I I'll let that go. Um, but I don't feel like uh, Oakland. No, not Oakland. Who are they? Vegas. Vegas. The Vegas, Washington type confident. Even even Giants Bucks type of confidence before we ultimately lost to the Giants. Like I don't have almost that, lost to the Giants. You mean? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Almost lost those two games. Lost to the fucking Patriots though. And Jesus Christ, I watching them that. today. Oh after, my God. after after they looked as bad as they did against the Giants and Bucks, I did not have crazy Patriot confidence. I don't think. Not no, cra- you didn't. Not crazy. I agree. You're right. But I think I expected to win that. I expected probably to win that Patriot one more than I expect to win this one. I'm just not there. You know what I mean? I I, I think I'm taking this until the Bills prove that they want to open it up. All right. And they want to take a 10 point lead into a 17 point lead the way that Brian Dayball used to want to step on your throat until they fucking prove that they even care to do that. And not let a team get in a backdoor cover like Tampa, putting their game in jeopardy. Till the Bills are ready to do that, how the fuck am I going to lay lay seven? Yeah, Mike Partham, a comment, sneaky Joe DiBiase from WGR says the Bills' defense deserves to be eight and one. I would. Well, that's giving them the jet win, which I'm assuming is a loss, just because they were healthy for that. One. I, I, you know what I'm yeah. saying. So I like that way of. That's right. I would agree with that. I don't. That the I defense don't. Defense deserves to be. Eight and one, but I got to no I gotta two losses. That. I got to eat that jet loss. Uh, two losses. I think the defense let them down against New England. Despite all the injuries, the Patriots suck. You got to play better. And I just because of injuries, the, the Jacksonville game, the defense did not play well at all. Yes, no, no. Cincinnati. I'm, I'm on you there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One's not enough for this defense. Right. Like Since the injuries did happen, you tell me a healthy defense would have been eight and one. Okay, 
but not just this defense as is. This defense was part of the this defense was part of the problem. You know, it, it was supposed to be a subtle finger thing, not, a, not an angry get your fucking ass point of the to, the mic, to the microphone. <laughs> That's good though. That's good. I, I like to I like to point. I could pass I could pass uh at this at this point. I don't I don't blame the defense for the Cincinnati game. Um they struggled, but they held the Bengals to three points over what the last two and a half quarters. So can't really put that on them. Uh yeah, I like I said, um I I, I need the Bills to to win with style points. And I know that kind of seems stupid. Sean McDermott will say a win is a win, whatever. I won't feel that way. If the Bills play tonight. Monday night and they win, but they struggle to do so, or they have another slow start on offense again. They hold on to win by one score against Denver. I'm going to feel really pessimistic about this team. I, I kind of do already. I still feel like there's an opportunity to turn things around. If I do believe one thing about the bills in a positive manner right now, I think the offense has the ability and feels like it is on the verge of turning it up and playing better. They're sure as shit going to have to. They have to. There's It's the only way the Bills are making the playoffs is that this offense gets dramatically better. Look, it has Consistently better, I should say. It hasn't. EPA people get mad at me. <laughs> Fucking Can I tell you something? I got to. All right. I want to be able to hold my spot. Mm -hmm. But I. Well, no, I'll hold. I'll hold the thought on the DVOA and all that stuff. I'll make sure I, I. I'll make sure I get to that. I don't have a big take on it. I could give you the take right now. At the minute I read the words, I fucking pass by the tweet, whether it's somebody <laughs> promoting it or somebody arguing against it. And that's mm -hmm. not just DVOA. That's EPA. That is everything. All right. I. I disengage one hundred percent from that argument. I don't give a fuck. But I see both sides, and that's why it's so easy to me. Sure. The answer's in the fucking middle. It's always in the fucking middle, guys. Come on. Yeah. But argue away. Anyways, um, if Buffalo offense optimism is out there, it's out there because we seemingly now have a solid, solid option in Kincaid um, and an emergence in the slot in Shakir. Yes. Those are the things, if you want to get me to an optimistic place about why this offense could be on the verge, like we never expected to have to think this offense needed to be on the verge of something. Um, like it's just, you know, press play. That's what this offense has been like, man. You know, just press play, man, and they fucking go out and do their thing. Yeah. So to say that they, they need to be on the verge of, of finding themselves is a frustrating thing to have to wish for, but it don't mean that you might not be right. And the two biggest things I think that would speak to that are the emergence of Kincaid and Shakir. Yeah. So if, if those things continue now, if those things continue to happen, but they're still only scoring in the 18 to 22 point range, then I don't give a fuck, all right? Stop telling me about the emergence of Kincaid. I don't want to hear about, you know, that's cool, but it ain't mattering. It's got to start to matter. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? It's got to start to matter. Winning plays, you know, bigger plays, scoring plays, ultimately. And then you can start to say, uh, hey, I, I think we have the offense at, at least this group's ceiling 
as we head into the most important stretch of the season. One last thing on offense, too. I, I, there's a lot of talk, and understandably so, about the frustration with Gabe Davis. Like, what the hell is going on? He has three weeks ago, he's got one catch. It was the Bengal game, right? One catch for five yards. Or before that, I'm sorry. One catch for five yards. Then the next game against Tampa, he has nine catches for 87 yards. Last week against the Bengals, he has no catches. Um, I think this Bills offense could be perfectly fine without him. Uh, that's where I'm at. And I've been a big Gabe Davis supporter. I'm not saying necessarily bench him. I'm just saying this offense doesn't need to have Gabe Davis have a big game to be successful. Between Diggs and Kincaid, Shakir, I really want to see Deontay Hardy get more involved somehow. Very big mixed bag going on with him. Some people think he's not fast, that he lost his speed because of injuries. I personally haven't seen that. I don't know. But James Cook coming out of the backfield in the Hunt Lenny, which you named him last week. I think he's going to be up with the Bills. Not not for this game, but I think he's going to be up after this game. Um, Josh Allen running the ball. You don't need Gabe Davis necessarily to, to have five catches for 80 yards and a touchdown. I agree with that. For, for, but I like having the threat of Gabe Davis out there. I think he just has to go from option two to about option four or five. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, but I, I still want him on the field, all right, because, you know, fuck around and find out, okay? Like Kansas City just – I mean, he still it's has there. He, it's look, there. Look, if you don't, if you don't play some sort of too high, he's gonna he's gonna run a post on you. He's gonna beat you. All right, he's gonna beat you on a fucking post if you think you you know yeah. if you want to drop that safety uh, down. If you bite on some Kincaid, uh, you know, over routes or something like that. So look, um, we just can't rely as heavily on him as we have. Shakir's got us. We got to start getting slot contributions, right? And we got to start getting, you know, big time tight end contributions because, you know, he's, he's one of the most skilled players at catching, catching the ball. Yeah, I agree. Look, keep Gabe Davis on the field. I, that That's a good take, man. Uh, you don't pay attention to him. He'll beat you. If he's not part of a game plan, I really don't give a shit. I don't care who scores or how they score. They just got to score. They got to score more especially in the first half. You got to run over. What's your prediction for this game? Give me give me an actual, you don't have to tell me a score. How much are the Bills winning by? Because neither of us are going to say the Bills are going to lose this game. The Bills are winning tomorrow night between five and ten points. Five to ten? All right, it's just a fucking matter of uh, what side of that you want to fall on as far as, you know, you gambling degenerates out there. Lay, <laughs> laying seven's a bitch, all right, because this could be like a 26-20 game. I, I want like I that. want to disagree with you. I want to say they win by more than that, but I can't because it's just this defense is just a, a freaking mash unit. Denver's going to score enough points to keep them in the game. We might be looking at a defense with DeMar Hamlin starting on Monday. I'm really interested with in Dotson that. and Dorian Williams both starting. Super. I'd love to, I'd love to see DeMar get the start over, over Taylor Rapp. Uh, tomorrow i just it's nothing against rap i guess i would like to know that maybe rap is good like maybe a a, a starting um yeah spot and more of you know the deep man which i think he would be you know what i mean because poyer plays the ups um so it would be nice to know that that rap is there i just think we know who taylor rap is you i know agree what i mean I agree. uh and i you know what now? Here's the question, though. 
Did we like DeMar last year because he was coming up and, and supporting, or do we like him because he can play center field? I don't remember DeMar playing a whole lot of center field, bro. <laughs> I don't either. Really. I, 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 don't. I, I, I don't So it's either. probably Rap, right? Or yeah. we might just be fucked. Uh, I, I, I think Rap's going to start. I think Hamlin will play, though. He's definitely going to be active. You guys, a couple, couple guys besides yourself brought up Cam Lewis. I, I feel like they totally recommitted him to uh, – uh, to the nickel, uh, you know, yeah. to the to the slot in case of uh, uh, Taron Johnson injury. I don't know that that Lewis is uh, in the safety conversation. Come up, come but up. I hate them. Um, can we be done? Yeah, one more thing. Come up, with, come come up with a one bold prediction for this game. I'll go first. Give you a second to think about it. This isn't like the most bold prediction in history, but Vaughn Miller is going to get his first sack of the season sometime in the in the first quarter of this game fans will get into it and maybe that'll get some energy going for uh this defense but I, I think he's due now he's went from looking horrible to somewhat adequate and besides him being on the field on that cincinnati play on third and three that still pisses me off he's going to get his first sack you got do you have a bold prediction you don't have to have one if you don't want one no i do but it, i've got i've already taken a step further with that bold predict prediction um Jesus, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. Uh, the new corner. It's the new corner. Russell Douglas. There it is. That's your guy. I'm going for a pick. For, yeah? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going for a pick for him. But I immediately went past that and thought about the gambling odds. <laughs> what, what would be like a, a Von Miller pick or a Von Miller sack versus uh, – a Douglas, a Douglas pick. Yeah, I, don't know. I would say a Miller sack would be the favorite, yeah. right? Even though I mean he's been invisible, is still a sack more likely than a pick. Yeah, um, Roy Collins commented. Like he, he said Hamlin's a replacement level player in his opinion. I agree. Yeah, yeah. is he is, is he maybe any better than Taylor Rapp? Because I don't have Taylor Rapp as anything but a replacement yeah, level player. I agree. Too. I agree. Uh, let's talk a couple minutes to Sabers here before before we get out. There are legs to a rumor that's been going around for quite a while now, but a buzz is growing that Pat Kane might sign with this Buffalo Sabres oh. hockey team. It could come as early as this week. Um, there's reports out there, from what I understand, credible too, that the Sabres are in on Pat Kane for real, for real. And uh, it's not even just his one-year offer. Like It's a multi-year, two-year offer. Um I don't know if your mind changed about it. Well, let's go there. Is your mind changed about Pat Kane coming here based on the fact that he would probably be a like a third line forward at this point? The Sabres are not getting shit from Tyson Jose, from Olafson, who's in the press box half the time, Peyton Krebs, which we're going to need to have a conversation with this kid sooner or later, etc. The back end of this forward unit is just not scoring. So Pat Kane, uh, does it? Is your view changed based on what we've seen now over what 13 games, 14, 15 games now into the season? Well, I love how you opened up, all right, with some with some insider knowledge, you know, you know, saying that it has legs. That's, it does have legs. I understand that. You know what I mean? But somewhere out there, like you have a listener right now that you're they're getting that information from, you know, from you. And that is why you're the weekday daily driver for <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo Sports Talk and more. That's and more. <laughs> I've 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 done a near 180 on it, bro. 
All right. Um, because of largely because of of what you're pointing out. All right, there are there are gaping holes in the bottom six right now. All right, fuck the names. Uh, you know there are gaping holes in the bottom six right. right now, especially you know when you can't roll. You know when when Cousins goes down. When you have when you suffer an injury amongst let's say your top seven skaters, it starts to really really filter down man because if you can't put that stud third center on that li third line that's the whole problem right there you know i thought you said we got to have a peyton K krebs conversation see i thought that they could survive uh and it wasn't because of injury it was because i thought that uh, uh granada was going to go back to greenway um thompson and cousins I thought they could survive that because I felt like P Peyton Krebs was ready to play up into that three, into that, you know, third center role, you know, with some of the defense that he's learned skating with Gergensen's and Akposo, and then letting some of that offensive talent out, you know, driving a third line. Fucking nowhere's near that, man. No. We're just, we're not, we're not getting that. So we've got to, you know, just keep our strength in the middle with those three. You know, there's no more putting Cousins. I, I know he tinkered with it the other night. Again, I don't think Cousins was himself the other night, you know, the face shield game or whatever. Sure. Um, you know, we've got to go We've got to go back to being just dead ass up the middle with those three studs, all right, or could, can be studs, um, you know, and, and go from there. But when one of them's missing – the bottom, the bottom six has big issues. I'm all for the cane thing having legs, man. All right. Uh, number one, I'm just so sick of the analytics people hating on it so much for all the wrong reasons. They're just, they just, they're convinced that you know they've seen the downward trajectory and and it's a spiral. Mm -hmm. You know almost incapable of possibly being readjusted back up by pro pr by proper usage. Um, so they've lost me on that argument, and I kind of want to see them have to eat their words because I want to see Pat Kane. You know, I want to see the Buffalo Sabres do well. Um, the other thing is that no, nobody's even standing up for the fact that, uh, um, you know, that, that he had behavioral issues in, in his hometown, not uh, – well, long enough ago in in the sports world, but not that far to where it's from. You know, still while while he was an active player, and and now still is an active player. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think some of those things matter in his decision making. All right, I, I I think his overall image. He understands that South Buffalo doesn't necessarily speak for the entire region. Sure. All right, and he may not want that. You know, in his uh uh in his twilight. So, uh, I I think. It's just a super, super interesting um, storyline right now, and we need the fucking scoring, so I'm in. Look, Middlestad's playing with, what, Greenway and Paterka. And no, that's I mean, he put he put Paterka with Thompson and Skinner the other night, and I'm, well, not sure, I'm not sure that he ever wants to look back from that. Well, maybe so. I didn't let's put Tuck down. Oh, wait a minute. Line. I, I slept through doing. the Pittsburgh game. Sorry. I went back to two games ago. I slept I, through, I drank through, I it slept it. through the Pittsburgh game, so I don't know. I, think I, I don't know what I what uh, what he kept together. I was one. at like Founding Fathers <laughs> and all those other bars I told you about during that Saturday Sabres game. That's just one to forget. Yeah, look, I'm on board with Pat Kane at this point because that third line is just needs more scoring. And if it's middle stat, who's the second line? 
then Cousins is playing with trash on the third line. Whichever way you do it, if it's Cousins moving up, then it's if he's playing center, if they're both playing well, center. Well, Tuck comes back. If Tuck comes back, then your weakest link, or at least you know that you're not paying attention to, or that you're now forced to pay attention to because he's skating minutes. Your your weakest link becomes uh, the third winger on, uh, or the second winger on Cousins' line. Yeah, because if Tuck were to come back, all right, things start to slot uh, a little bit better. No, no, no you're still no, you're still yeah, you're still Rusick and Jost. You're still Rusick and Jost. They were all of even if even if Tuck comes back. That's my bad. That's my bad. That's why I right. kind of think, man. I kind of think they know they're coming for Coolidge, and I, I, I feel like that might have been the 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 Savoy move. I, I think I think they I think might, you're half right. I think they know they're coming for Coolidge. I, I think you're half right, I, and I thought about that too. It was it was surprising, and look, I'm not plugged into the Sabers like I like to think I am with the Bills anyway. So I'm not going to sit there and bash Don Granato or Kevin Adams for sending Matt Savoy uh, back to juniors after five shifts in less than four minutes of ice time of one game. Right, you know? bashable. Fuck well, it might be stupid. bashable, but I, I don't understand. Stupid. They, they, my, my conclusions were two things. Number one, they just don't think he's ready. And number two, they're not going to mess around because he could have had up to nine games with the Sabres before they had to do anything here to, to make a decision to send him back or not. I think it might be because of Pat Kane. I think Pat Kane yeah. might have something to do with that. I the think both. That I think both him coming be here, true. They, they feel his signing is imminent, which I don't. By the way, I, I, I if he would have signed tomorrow, I'm not sure when he would actually be on the ice. Yeah, and, no, and playing. I so mean, that's another thing. You know what? In fairness, I'm uh, to the people that are uh, against it because of you know just blocking uh, you know futures things like that, and and the fact that he's any good anymore. Uh, they are also pointing a, a lot to the to the hip, all right, to being able to sure. be effective at and, all. And thirty three years coming, old coming off this coming off this injury, yeah. not just you know uh, two way, uh, you know. Uh, I get it. Two way shitty stats. I, I totally get it, man. Um, but cool. fuck that. I mean, I'm ready. I'm ready next week. I, I'm 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 all for it. Kulik you is, know what? Let, I'm let, surprised about Kulik. I'm not surprised. I'm. It's mysterious to me why he hasn't gotten a crack yet. He didn't get a crack out of training camp. He didn't get or, uh, the preseason. He hasn't gotten a call up yet. Why guys like Rusek and, and and Savoy and some of these other guys have gotten their looks. Um, who's the other guy? Biro or Barrow, I'm sorry, who got hurt after one game. He looked really good that game too. That sucked. Um, but like Kulik not being up yet. That like he could go, they could bring him up and they could send him down to Rochester where some of these other guys they got to do more roster maneuvering. Um, they might just be, you know, there's a lot, and, and this is a saber group that I trust that I believe, and I think the Bills are okay at this too, but really understanding the 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 person, the player, and those sort of things. And I think Coolidge might be someone that they're saying, All right, he's not someone I want to go back and forth with. Okay, when we get him. I, I want I want okay. to I want to get them and I want it to be part, part of it right right then and there. Okay. Um and I just I gotta think that they're on the cusp of making that type of of decision. You know, I, I with him in particular, I mean he's the guy, right? There's nobody else really at Rochester where we're sitting there saying, Oh, you know, we, we got to take that look. Or so, well, you could kind of you could put Johnson in that category as well. The kid Johnson, a um, lot of a lot of people are going to be pissed if he finds his way. 
back down because you know they think he's better than Eric Johnson. You know what I mean? That's yeah. yeah. So what are they gonna? What are they willing to do with guys like Johnson and Coolidge? And um, I probably is that is it Kulik? Or do we fuck that up every time? Is it Coolidge or Kulik? Um, Kulik. I think it's Kulik. You don't know either. <laughs> People um, pronounce it differently. Hockey names are are I so think he's funny. Gotta, right? I, I think I think it's Kulik. I think he's got to be part of think. short a short term plan right now. Otherwise. Sure. Otherwise, you kind of, you know, you kind of did Savoy dirty. Um, like you were ready to skate him on that first on that first line in training camp. He looks good on it, goes down, and you don't even give him a shot on the big club. Like, what's how bad did he look? Five, what, five come, shifts. What, what, uh, you don't even get him give him a shot. Yeah, one game, five shifts on the big club. Very surprising. <clears throat> By the way, he let his boy totally jump him. Which is fine too. Like that's another thing with Savoy going down, man. Like if the Sabers are like, look, we're not keeping Savoy and Benson. It's just not something we're gonna do. Right. All right. But we liked what we saw from Benson enough to where we want him to be the guy that we can stay with long term. You know, this year and burn his ELC. Sure. Chances are they don't want to burn either one of them. All right. But they were never gonna do both. And the one that they've identified that can be in this year's plans is actually Benson. Uh, that's probably not the case. I would love for it to be the case because I think a lot of us liked what we saw from Benson. He's probably, the minute he gets healthy, he's probably on his way to Team Canada and all that whole trek. You, sure. know, you know what I mean? Um, um, but I, I, I'd like to think that the Sabres are keeping some sort of option for someone like Benson, because I got who didn't think it would be Savoy too. Who didn't think one of those two after Benson showed out in camp? Who didn't think that one of those two, all right, would at least would find their way to the long haul? Yeah. Um, now neither. That would suck. Yeah. <laughs> I I guess you know. By the way, Thursday night Imperial Pizza live show. Chad, I'm looking forward to this one. Chad Dimitrisis is going to be with me, and He's I'm going to yeah, he is really he is excellent. We'll talk Pat Kane. Well, I'm going to talk about some of these young guys and some of these. He's EPA. the quasi leader of the nerds, but he is, he's excellent. Yeah, he he's a silent, <laughs> he's the silent leader. Yeah. You know what I mean? More, more have now come under him and kind of taken up his cause. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> he's still the godfather, he is. man. He is. He's still um, the godfather of it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to just talking to him live at Imperial on a, Thursday. Oh, I'd love for there to be a move by then for him to do. Yeah. We'll only have Tuesday's game. They, we'll only have one more game. We'll have the Boston, Boston. We'll Boston have the Boston game on, on Tuesday. Yeah, to talk before the, uh, I talked to him. I guess last point here. Don Granado or, or Kevin Adams, whoever's going to make these decisions right now, is there going to come a point where you realize that Kyle Ocposo and, and Eric Johnson, even though they're two veteran leaders in that locker room for this team, you get to a point where you feel like they're hurting the team. Kyle Oposo, and I'm not saying something that most Sabres fans or, or even media have pointed out. He just looks slow. Looks like he's, I hate using that term wash. It just feels mean, but he's washed. And I could say the same for Eric Johnson. Ryan Johnson should not come out of the lineup at any point for Eric Johnson ever again at this point. And you start getting some of these guys back, Brandon Viral or Benson come off the injury list. Does does Don Granado have the balls, so to speak, to to look at Kyle Ocposo and say, "Yo, this guy, he's our leader and he's our captain," but he's got to sit. Tyson Jones too, man. He's just he's not getting it done. 
Is does he is he going to make these moves? Does he got does he got it in on the Sid Eric Johnson or Kyle Ocposo or both? No, and I'll tell you why, man. He just I don't think he sees them in the same light that we do. I tend to agree. I think there's two things in play. All right, look, <laughs> the other night the win against Minnesota, man, it. It wasn't that bullshit. I mean, granted, it was an absolute hodgepodge of of people on the, that third line, but it wasn't the third. You know, it wasn't Ocposo who wasn't getting the fucking ice time to hold that win down. All right, so that tells you right there that Granado trusts him more than the, than that group. That that sure. three dudes sat out for the most part. Yeah, the third period of that game, Kyle Ocposo wasn't one of them. Right. All right, so that tells you that. Granado still has trust. And the other thing is, um, well, I forgot the other thing. You forget a lot of shit on this, uh, <laughs> on a lot of this episode. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have trust issues with these guys. Fans do. Not that fans run this hockey team. Oh, the voice matters. The voice, the, the other, the other thing is, and this goes, this goes with, uh, uh, with Johnson as well. You know, the voice in the room matters. It matters to have those guys be players. Mm -hmm. All right. It matters. Those guys, those voices in the room, man, they, they need to be playing for it to matter. And I, I think Renato believes in that to, to some extent. Yeah. Look, bottom line, 15 I games. I figure out that other thing. <laughs> seven, seven and one after 15 games. I mean, it's seasons far from loss. You know what I mean? They're, they're holding steady. You want to see them play better. Look, I want to get to the end of this calendar year, um, treading water and getting you know the guys fully healthy, and that includes somebody we didn't mention tonight, but is going to be a big part of the second half of the season, I think, and that's Jack Quinn. Yeah, you, you get Cousins, you know, we're talking about a shitty third line right now, just playing for speculation purposes. You got Middlestack, Greenway, and Baturkan as your second line right now. Now you add Cousins and Jack Quinn with maybe Pat Kane. Or even if not Kane, even if it if it's Joe's or Byro or or no, Kulik. It is definitely Kulik, by the way. It's definitely Kulik. That that line needs to be solid, man. You know, yeah. see, I don't know that you'll see like Kane and Kulik uh together. That's a tough hmm. one. I know that that's a tough but, one. But so it's just really more talent, see... more talent coming. Right. Well, Quinn, right, just right. Quinn coming back. I'm gonna forget about Pat Kane, but just Quinn coming back is big. You know, going through the struggle right now where it seems like there's one or two forwards that don't deserve any ice time right now. Don't even get me started about Olafson. I mean, they something will be up something. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's mm. just, that, I, here's my take though. I have a take, I guess. On let's Olufsen. end it with your, let's end this with, with, with your take on it. It's not a strong, it's not a really fun one. Oh, well, go ahead. Anyway, I just think Kevin Adams has been a very patient, um, negotiator, whether it be contracts or trades or even, you know, send downs, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, going back, I, I think he made, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't taken advantage of on, on the Eichel deal. Um, you know, so he stood pretty firm for a while. He seems to, you know, I, I think it was important to him to, uh, be a little stubborny as a negotiator, especially coming off Tim Murray, who was fucking loosey goosey with every asset that we had. Uh, and I think that's just the way that the Olafson thing has, has played out. It, it, it may well be the fact that nobody takes, wants to take on the 4.7 mil. It may also be that fucking, you know, uh, he's holding firm on a second rounder instead of a fourth. You know, and I, I think that could be, 
I think that could be possible. It's probably crazy to think, but uh, with the with the amount of times that you're now left scratching them, um, but. I don't know. I, you know, that was my uh, that was my thought on Olafson. Just assets in general, man. Adams is somewhat calculating, somewhat stingy. Um, they don't play loosey goosey. They don't do the things that we're talking about them doing. Signing a Pat Kane, bringing up a uh, uh, Kulik, you know that sort of thing. Eventually, the 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 Savoys go back down, and the plan stays methodical um you know that's just that's just who this team is you know we heard we heard them talk about so much we're not going to rush the process we're not going to rush the process you they they know people don't want to hear it this year like they could get away with it last year but this year you know are, are they are they worried about doing that too are they just as guarded against rushing um, as they were, I would like to actually say that that, that may be the single worst final take to end an episode <laughs> of all time. Like I started talking about Victor Olofsson and then I, then I rambled off and I believe both things, but they, they didn't mess together at all. You put way too much pressure on me to make that take. All right. You know, the faculties aren't exactly, you know, <laughs> zipping along tonight. <laughs> And, you know, you set me up for fucking failure. <laughs> Three games for the Sabres this week. Boston at home on Tuesday, at Winnipeg Friday, at Chicago on Sunday. Connor Bernard's got nine goals already. You know, Connor Bernard, that kid's got nine goals he's, already. He's season. fun, man. He is. He's, he's fun. He is. Uh, you know, I'm going to end this with, so I didn't even tell you, your care meter is probably going to be zero on this. And I forgot to tell you this before the show. I don't know if you talked to Shane before. Uh, I don't know if you saw him yet or not no. uh, tonight. We got a bet going on. His birthday is December 21st, and we got a weight loss bet going. He Ooh. bet me that I, I need to lose 10 pounds or more. If I lose less than 10 pounds, the bet is I, I can't shave for two months, for eight weeks. And I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but here's the thing. Oh, I would. You look I so wack. I would. I you look so wack. I can't grow a beard. I am all over this bet, bro. I can't grow a beard, dude. I, I tried it before. over this bet. Patch is all over the place. It will look ridiculous. And plus, I'll be on camera a lot, too. So I yes. can't, can't get away from it. So if I lose, if it's 10 pounds or less, then I lose the bet. I can't shave for eight weeks. If it's 10 to 14 pounds, it's a wash. Just I lost weight. That's awesome. We both we all win. If I gain, if I lose fourteen pounds or more, he's got to get a level five bronzer elite um, spray tan session. Which trust me when I tell you, it's fantastic. He will literally. Bro. And Shane's a very pale kid, man. He's an albino pretty much. He will look literally orange with this uh, bronzer level five tanner. And that lasts a good week. So it will be walking around looking orange in the dead ass winter cold here in There's Buffalo no for a week. Way. There's no way either of you, you, you will find a way into that 11 to 15 pound I hope range. So. There, neither of you will carry out. All right. What's your bet? So that's your prediction. Your prediction is neither of us lose. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah, that's 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 my prediction. All right, all right, guys, that's going to do it for this show. For Toe Box on Pat Moran, we'll be back post Bills game uh, late on Monday night. Talk to you then.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.